little Weezer. Well, that's all for Weezer. Well, you just you're just fading that crap out, eh, Aiden? Well, I'm trying my you're best. Like I... Enough, Weezer. Well, I do. If you... I'm not talking, and you can keep playing the song. <laughs> I'm sorry, Reed. I'm sorry. My, my comment on my enjoyment of the song. You can you can let it breathe a little bit. That's you're learning on the fly. You're having fun. You're doing a good job. Don't worry about it. I just thought it was funny. Like, if you, I just I I can't see you, so I just pictured you like enough Weezer. I'm listening to this junk. <laughs> what? I'm a, I'm a, what are you? You're like Gen Z? What, what are you? Uh, 2003, so yeah, Gen Z. Yeah, so uh, I, don't, I don't know. You're still defining your generation. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like Ocean Man. Ocean Man was a good Weezer song. Okay, good. I don't think I know that one. <laughs> it's from the SpongeBob movie. That's, that's probably why. Oh, that's why you know it. SpongeBob was a big movie when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my generation had Star Wars and Apocalypse now, so I think we got you trumped. Yeah. Anyway, uh... <laughs> No, I didn't go see Apocalypse Now in the theater when I was five. My parents made me wait until I was six. Uh, before we get to Blake Dermott, I, I'll get to that story I, I, I teed up. Uh, it's a good one. Doug Waite talking about being traded from the Rangers to the Oilers on the day the two teams played each other, March 17th, 1993. He used to stay in day rooms um, in the city just due to traffic issues. And uh, I got my, I thought it was a wake-up call because I usually got the wake-up call about 3.45 and it happened to be the GM. And uh, so I had a feeling it was around the deadline that something was going on. And, and I got up to the room and he said, you've been traded. And he said, Glenn Sather would like to talk to you. And I said, well, Glenn Sather. I said, that's Edmonton. We're playing Edmonton tonight. And he goes, yeah, he wants you to play. <laughs> so I was just, I got when I got to the rink, I had already known I'd been traded, but I had to go, yeah, go get my stuff. And they called it the shopping cart. I had to pass. I passed Essa in the hallway. And you know Essa, he's laughing and I was uh I was astonished. Uh, I, Blake, thanks for waiting. Blake Derber checking in. I, I, I know you're on. I thought you'd enjoy, I know you know the story, but I thought you would enjoy hearing that. Like, could you imagine that? being traded on a game day and then playing against <laughs> yeah no that uh, that would be a little difficult to uh, a little difficult to handle <laughs> with a guy uh, and I know maybe there aren't a ton of in-season trades in the CFL and and maybe in your era uh, it wasn't all one-year contracts but like would a guy ever come from another team and you'd be like seriously like now this guy's my teammate i can't i don't know if you'd ever name names but did that ever happen i know the rosters are big in football but what was it like oh yeah 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 that uh, there was a guy named jeff braswell um oh. <laughs> and uh jeff braswell was playing for, for bc and um and it was uh, uh we had played them and he had done something to tracy ham in a pile and uh i pulled him off the pile and then, you know, went after him and said, don't do that again. And he kicked me, uh, you know, he kicked and right in front of his bench. And, uh, and, and I, I can't believe how many BC guys uh, came up to me after that and, and said that we're going to look at, we're going to, we're going to take care of it. And, and the next time we played BC, uh, all the offensive linemen were walking around the practice, walking around the field as a group, BC Lions. And they said, you, uh, any money of your guys take them out. We'll each give you 50 bucks. <laughs> And, and and then then we traded for him, and he showed up the next year. That was in 1989, and uh, he was gone by 90. But uh, he was a heck of a player, but he was just a an absolute uh, idiot. So, anyways, 
Uh, yeah, I, as soon as you said that name, you might have heard me chuckle because I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. He was kind of a, a, a villain. So did you yeah. – did he ever smooth that over with you or did you – was he welcomed with open arms with the – No. No. <laughs> no. No, never did. And, uh, um, and, uh, and we, you know, we had a really good team in 89. We only lost two games and everything, but uh, it kind of imploded on us in, uh, in 1990. And him and about five of those guys of the seven or whatever that came the previous year were all shipped off to Toronto. Oh, right. Okay. Well, I, I'm sorry that he kicked you. I feel like I need to apologize, too. Like, the BC Lions play. That, that is pretty bad, though, when his own teammates won't even, like, when they're like, yeah, that's awful, man. Like, yeah, they, they, his teammates put a bounty on his head. That's how uh, bad, uh, how poorly liked he was. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. No, I did not either. So, anyways, that was, uh, that, was a, that was the only time that I can think of. All right. Well, thanks for that story. I, I, you had to play with. The, I, I guess the defensive players had to mingle with him more, so you could kind of stay away, stay stay away from him. Thanks for checking in tonight, uh, Blake. It's good to have you on the show. I I can't even. It's it's almost hard to comprehend that all the things we were saying about the Elks two months ago. We wish we they could do this. We wish they could do this. Uh, they're doing a lot of those things. I've been I, I, I mean, a t- change in a couple of key positions. Uh, who knew? I, I know the playoffs are still a long shot, but they look like a different team, Blake. Or, or am I overstating it? Maybe. No, you're absolutely right. You know, I and, and I know that uh, it, as painful as it is for the, those guys, we're all, you're, you're hearing more and more times. Boy, it's too bad we we blew that game against Saskatchewan, and then that blew that second game against Saskatchewan, and we, you know, we should have beat Winnipeg, and and I mean, there, it, it's it's funny when you learn how to win, and they have, they've learned how to win. They've come from behind, they've, they've had the lead, they've uh, they've they've won in the last in the last second. You know, they they've done things a bunch of different ways. They start to get this confidence, and then they start to look back and go, God, we may have just thrown away this season because of of a couple of games and, and that may be the case. I mean, I think that this team should have at least seven wins and that would have them sitting comfortably in third place. And I tell you what, if they, if they got the four, the four top teams in the league and then last four games, and I think they could easily win two of them, but they may have to win four of them to get a playoff spot. And uh, with that, with, with that being the case, um, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going into playoffs glad that they're in this situation because I don't think the, I don't think Edmonton's going to be a tough out uh, going forward, and I don't think any team would be looking forward to playing them in the playoffs if yeah. they got there. Well, yeah, I saw the, the the power rankings that somebody does, and they put the Elks fourth, and I was kind of like, well, I know they're better, but I don't know if you can ignore the, <laughs> the 0-9 start. But, I mean, obviously they're a lot more dangerous. Look, I'm going to ask you this question sort of again because I know you've addressed it before, um, but I keep getting asked by listeners and, and friends who, who are happy and excited, but I still get a lot of how did Chris Jones not know? Like, how, how, why did he wait so long? Why did he trust McAdoo so much? Is it still fair to criticize Jones for that, or is it just he made the change and let's roll with it? Well, I think that uh, as a head coach, as a general manager, and, you know, whatever else that, uh, title that Chris has, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's got to wear this. And uh, I think he put a lot of faith on his uh, on his offensive coordinator, and his offensive coordinator based his decisions upon a structure, and that's the one thing that McAdoo had that that uh, uh, a lot of former players uh, um, didn't like about him was his, his structure was very inflexible. You know, we're going to throw the ball here, we're going to do this kind of thing. Uh, uh, Jerry Jackson is a little bit more okay. You got talent, let's you you let's let's 
to show it. And I think that when, when he was evaluating his quarterbacks, you know, that everything was based on, on evaluation of every, every pass that they threw up until, you know, the, the time when he took over. They had charted it. They knew what percentages, completions, what, how he, how he uh, um, um, you know, read the defense and the mistakes he made. And he always rated no higher than third or fourth. And so McAdoo made his decision based on who, was, who he felt understood the offense better. But when he got out on the field, it's, it's, and I've said this before. I mean, he reminds me of what they used to say about Andy Moak when Andy Moak was here. He was the worst practice. Couldn't stop a beach ball in practice, but you put him in a game and he was unbelievable. <laughs> you know, he, he, he beat the, the Montreal Canadiens way back in, in you know, in that, uh, when they had to play that best of three. Andy Moak was, he was a gamer and ends up going into the Hall of Fame. Well, I'm not saying that uh, Trey Ford is going to go into the Hall of Fame, but certainly he's one of those guys that I don't know what he does in practice. But he, when he shows up at game time, you can expect that there's going to be some fireworks. Well, and just some electrifying plays. I mean, that touchdown to Eugene Lewis, there's the play itself. And then I got to remind myself, it was second and 17. I mean, it's, a, it's not a gimme field goal if they don't gain yards on that play. And not only did they get the first down they, they got a touchdown on that play so it's it's nice to see a bit of a turnaround uh and and Blake I I don't like earlier in the season I thought BC was the best team in the league I even said that to Milt Stiegel and now I look foolish because he laughed at me and said Reed it's Toronto and Toronto now only has one loss and I, now I'm looking at BC I don't know what to expect from them they lost to Hamilton they lost to Saskatchewan they almost lost to Ottawa um, and I, I, to me, that it's not even you. You can't even refer to those two shutouts anymore, in my mind. Yeah. And like the, yeah. Eugene Lewis said yesterday, who cares? Like that's they're they're past game. So I don't go into this like fearing the BC Lions defense like I, I did in the in the July matchup. Well, I don't I don't fear their offense either. Um, it, it, it's sort of a dependent on which Vernon Adams slash, uh, you know, other quarterback, uh, Dane Evans, shows up, you know, because yeah. I think their quarterbacking has been, you know, subpar over the last five games. Uh, and there has been flashes of brilliance and things like that, but uh, but they haven't been consistent. I think I think the quarterbacking has been more consistent with the Elks right now. I mean, you got a quarterback who throws about 175 yards a game, but rushes for over 100. And you got a running game that has given you 200 to 175 to 250 yards a game rushing. Um, that's consistently uh, consistency over the last five games. And BC's up and down, hit and miss, and they've they've had to deal with some injuries. And and this Elks team, I was looking at the injury report today. There isn't a single guy on their injured list that didn't practice full today. So so um, I, they they seem to be getting healthy at the right time. And uh, and and it's going to be interesting, especially with Toronto having gone through all their buys. You know they've only lost in one game, but they got to play the rest of the season without any break. So going into playoffs is going to be tough. And and I've I've always thought that Winnipeg was better than Toronto and better than BC. But you know uh, I uh, there there there's still some good teams in the league, but uh, BC certainly in my in my mind is is somebody that is beatable coming into Edmonton on uh, on Friday. Well, and I, I just. And I know we've talked about this too, but I think it's going to be one of the stories. How does Ford keep developing? Certainly we don't want him to stop using his legs, but I'm going to single out one play, Blake. Uh, it was that long pass to, to, to Gino down the right sideline where Ford just kind of took the snap looked right there and just lobbed it up in the air. Like, to me, that was a quarterback saying, hey, I know the play, and I'm going to trust my receiver. Because, you know, 
often corny didn't even give receivers a chance. And I thought, you know, that's to me that's a, a good sign for Ford that he's not, oh, I'm going to scramble around and, and look around first. Like he was like, oh, Gino's the guy here. I got the matchup. I'm going to lob it in there and he's going to make the play. Well, I mean, it's 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 a trust in your receivers too, and you know, uh, Gino Lewis always says that he's um, he's a ninety ten guy in a jump ball, you know, not a fifty fifty ball, and he's proven that. So you might as well, you know, put a, 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 a take him at his word and, and give him a chance to make a big play. Um, the other thing, I, you know, how does how does Trey Ford continue to improve? Like there is, if you watch him, you talk to him, you ask him about. You know, how did you think you did? Well, I missed some reads or I was a little bit slow. And some of that has to do with, you know, sharpening up your footwork so you're ready to throw the ball really quickly instead of, you know, having weight on your front foot when it should be on the back foot. So getting yourself in those kinds of positions. And that's just going to take time. And also recognizing, you know, uh, what what your opportunities are when they send a full cover zero blitz because teams are still foolish enough to do that. They send everybody with no, no safety in the middle. And that's when he takes off and runs. But uh, if he can, he can use his pass um, and get rid of the ball. If we make those reads, understand where his matchups are and get the ball out there really quickly. Those are things like I, I look at Trey Ford and I'm excited about where he's at. But if I look at his potential right now and put it in an, into a percentage, I think, and I said this to a bunch of guys, the alumni guys I was with you on the weekend, I said, I think Trey Ford's at about 40% of what his potential is. And, uh, you know, like I I really do think, and one of the guys, one of the guys made a comment and, you know, well, you know, if he gets too good, then he's probably going to go down to the States. And I said, well, it it, it isn't like the NFL is looking for a five foot 10 quarterback. That's 165. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. You know, uh, this is a guy that could be in this league for an awful long time and have a great career. And, uh, you know, they, 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 he's, and it's, it's the onus is on him to improve his quarterbacking skills, not his athletic skills, because those are always going to be there, and thank yeah. God they are. But, yeah. but his quarterbacking skills are, are going to develop. Yeah, that's the exciting part if he keeps learning how to think the game. And, and of course, uh, our good buddy Jed Roberts was in uh, still before Labor Day, yeah, so they only had a couple wins then. And he said, well, teams are going to spy him, but if your spy can't catch him, that's <laughs> like it's like telling uh, a guy on uh, defense in hockey well just go out and body check mcdavid well okay like yeah <laughs> and I, I thought the touchdown that ford ran in like in terms of him seeing the field i can't remember the saskatchewan linebacker name but the linebacker kind of came on a delayed blitz on to ford's right and Ford just looked well now there's nobody there and he just ran yeah. just easily walked it in for the touchdown right well the one play uh in in labor day uh the labor day game um uh, they had judge their middle linebacker spying him and he just took off and ran and he just he, Ford took off and ran and he just knew he said they're gonna spy me i, I know i'm gonna beat him you know judge is a good linebacker runs a you know probably a four seven forty and he's 220 pounds and but Trey Ford runs a four four forty in two steps. He's, he's never going to catch him. <laughs> That's what happens. So, that, so they, then they may have to put two guys down there to spy him. Well, if they do, then that opens up the opportunities to pass. And those are the things that he's got to recognize. All right, Blake, uh, looking forward to this game, which is a nice thing to say about Elks football. Uh, I will probably uh, wave to you in the booth from my seats on Friday night. Looking forward okay. to it. Thanks for checking in, man. All right. Thanks a lot, Reed. 
That is Blake Durbin, our in-game analyst for Elks football here on 630 Chad, and of course a former player with the organization. Love talking to Blake. Love how he explains football and how he sees the field. I, I learn something every time we have him on the show, which is pretty good. All right, uh, 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. Uh, we'll bring in Adam Gannam after the break. We'll catch up on some of your messages about who should be in next year's class for the Oilers Hall of Fame. It is Huddy and Wait this season. Uh, I got a little bit of a uh, a little bit of special something to tell you about tickets for the Heritage Classic that you'll want to hear back in a couple of minutes. Inside Sports on Chet. All right. The scoreboard for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years. Yankees on the board with a home run, but the Jays trying to close it out. They lead it 6-1 with no outs in the bottom of the ninth. The scoreboard for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years. Shed Insiders, I have something to tell you. Of course, the 2023 Tim Hortons NHL Heritage Classic at Commonwealth Stadium on October 29th. Oilers Flames, we want to send two of you there. New tickets just released. Check them out at NHL.com slash Heritage Classic Tickets. Now, we don't only want to send you with tickets, we want to send you with a Ched Insider Heritage Classic Experience Pack. So, keep an eye on the 630 Ched Insider Newsletter for the exclusive password. I don't even know what it is. So don't write in or call in and be like, Reed, what was the password again? I don't know what it is. got to get it out of the 630 Ched Insider Newsletter. Uh, then enter... Uh, then put that in and uh, keep it locked on September 25th. When's that? It's in a few days. What would that be? Monday? 21, 22. Yes, Monday. And see if you uh, you and a friend. Again, you don't have to take a friend. You can take an enemy, a stranger, colleague, family member. I don't care. So see if you and somebody else will be heading to the Heritage Classic in Ched Insider fashion. What do you think of that, Aiden? That's pretty good. That uh, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I've got my seats set up for the Heritage Classic, and they are they are not very good. They are way up in the uh, in the in the nosebleeds. You'll have a bird's eye view. Yeah, that's what that's what I said because the rink is so much smaller than the field, right? So I feel like you know it's probably the better place to watch the game. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have a positive mental attitude about it. So uh, keep an eye out for the six thirty Chet Insider newsletter for the exclusive password. Okay. Uh, before we go here, something, another good clip here from Ken Holland. He was asked about the next steps for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. He's the most driven athlete that I've ever been around, uh, focused and driven. So uh, I'm sure he found some things this summer that he, he's pushing himself to get better at. Um, and, you know, and Leon too. I mean, they're, they're two of the greatest players in the world, you know, maybe in the history of the game. Um, we're all lucky to, to to watch them every day. They're incredibly driven, individually driven. They're individual. They're, they're team driven. Obviously, they. We want to win the Stanley Cup, but I'm not going to say 32 teams. But there's lots of teams out there saying the same the same thing. So, um, they're driven for team success. They're driven for individual success. They're great leaders. They're great role models. Um, you know, obviously Connor brought in everybody here. 
called everybody this summer, not only his teammates here, but called players in the American Hockey League and got everybody here two weeks early. Um, they... Leon bought a house in uh, in Toronto so he can be close to Connor. They can work out all summer. I mean, I'm, I'm laying a picture of two driven driven athletes that that are in the primes of their career um, and drive themselves individually, and they drive they drive the team. We're, we're we're fortunate to have them. Yeah, good stuff there from Ken Holland on the Oilers, two superstar players. Okay, well, this show is now ending. Big thanks to Aiden Gannam, the studio producer. Aiden, you have done two episodes of Inside Sports, and you have done very well. And you have made me laugh. So I've struggled. You have nothing to apologize for. We're, hey, you're better at uh, operating the show after two shows than I was hosting it 10 years ago. So remember that. You're a welcome addition to our team here. I'll take that. Thanks, Reed. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. I'll be going to Oilers training camp tomorrow morning. We'll have the latest on that tomorrow on Stop Show and this show. Take care. 